Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Um, yeah. So my grandmother's corpse, and it was fun to see. I thought they burned her. They burned her, yeah, yeah, they burned her. No, it don't stop you from looking at it, though. You know what's weird about ashes, human ashes, is that they are so dry. <laughs> you know, because I had a bunch of spaghetti that I had. I was got, we were, my, my mom was making spaghetti, and she's like, you want some Parmesan? And I was like, of course, Mom. And then she took out the box of my grandmother's ashes, and she's just like, let's make our own Parmesan. And I was like, what was that, Mom? And then she dumped a bunch of my grandmother's ashes all over the spaghetti, and then we just ate it, and it's just so dry. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun time, you know? Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's something about death that really brings mm-hmm. the best out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We you- laughed a lot. That's so fun. <laughs> well, I'm I'm happy that you enjoyed your grandmother's funeral. It sounds like you might have had a little bit too much of a good time. My problem is is that uh, I mean I was the one who surf you know supervised the corpse because she you was a supervised bit, it. Supervised. She was a bit of a vampire, and so I made sure we put her in a silver spittooned uh, sarcophagus, uh-huh, that's uh, and nice. then I chopped off her head with a shovel and I stuffed a bunch of garlic clothes in there and I set it on fire outside in front of her house on a grill. Mm, that sounds very good. Yeah. And then the family ate your grandmother. Absolutely. Because then we had to yeah. burn the whole corpse alive, and then you eat that. Then we used the thing for Parmesan and the spaghetti. So, yes, yes, yes. I'm very sad. I'm very sad. All yeah. right. Got to it. Well, it's better than having sex with the corpse, uh, I guess. That's uh, Welcome to the show, everyone. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. We're joined by the not nearly grieving enough Henry Zabrowski, who just lost his grandmother. I'm just saying she's just not, she was not necessarily a very fun woman. She is dead now. <laughs> yeah, she's dead right now. Right. Yeah, and she's making a fucking pain in the ass for, for James Gandolfini right now. Probably nagging him. <laughs> <laughs> Nagging him about his life. Why did I get addicted to heroin? <laughs> had he known he was going to meet Grandma Zabrowski, he would have never, never started the habit. No, no, no. He would have started going to the gym, started doing some pull-ups and some crunches. <laughs> he really could get that blood pressure down. Uh, today we're going to be talking about necromancy. <laughs> oh. And necrophilia. And yeah, some so, people look at a corpse and they say, oh, that's just something to be buried in the ground. But some people look at a corpse and they see nothing but possibilities. Absolutely, yeah. Because it's like, in necromancy, people, in necromancy and necrophilia, basically we're looking at if you decide to treat a body, a 
human corpse like it was either Google or like it was a fleshlight. <laughs> sure. And we're and calling today's you- episode Last Podcast on the Left Plays with the Dead. Oh, can we please get a, a can place. I get some creepy chain noises? We're playing with the dead today. Um, I will say this. Uh, number one, the only way you are allowed to listen to this episode, I don't care if you're at your office or if you're in your home, you must go to a Spencer's Gifts and you must buy at least one or two plastic skulls. I think you have to get a time machine your first and then uh, you know, back into 1995 when Spencer's Gifts were still around. And also, you cannot, you cannot listen to this episode unless you are fully nude wearing a executioner's clothes. <laughs> so what is the difference between how you start a lot of these shows and the, and the movie Compliance when the man calls up the random burger joint and forces the person to sexually assault one of his employees? Because I don't get to see what you do. In compliance, you got to see. You get to see the tapes. Mm, watch the forms. I just have to imagine it. And the problem okay. is that the way my brain works, it's always the worst possible thing. It's like I always want to see a lithe, voluptuous woman, but it's always mm. some fat man. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be our audience that you are requesting yeah. to get naked. We're not talking to young Sophia Lorenz out there, although you are all very beautiful people. Seriously, the women are beautiful. And the yes. problem is, is that they won't do the naked thing at the work, but a guy named like Sklarsh will do it at his office. Well, naturally, of course. Well, he he has a startup in Silicon Valley. Sklarsh is the multi-billionaire um, right now, and so he's now, winning the war. So necromancy is one of the most forbidden of the dark arts. Oh, yes. It yeah. is said to be the most dangerous and one of the most difficult of the dark arts. Let's start off with a definition in case you don't know exactly what necromancy is, Please. because necromancy is a form of magic <laughs> involving communication with the deceased either by summoning their spirit or or as an apparition, or raising them physically. So it isn't necessarily raising the dead right. and having them walk around doing what you will with so them. As one, ver- as one necromancer YouTuber said, it's like it's like a medium can be called a necromancer if sure. that's the term of the week you want to use. That's what right. he was. He was being very cool. He had a headset on. <laughs> yeah, what, did, what was he listening to in that headset, by know. the way? <laughs> so uh, how far does it... How many rituals do you have to perform before you just start looking at the person's genitalia and just like, oh, maybe I'll wiggle it. Maybe I'll just wiggle that. Like, do you do the sage? I think it's real early in. Oh, okay. So So you have have the intention going in that you're going to wiggle it around. You're going to be... I mean, let's just say it. You got a dead body. You might as well braid the pubic hair for the first 15 minutes. Um, But necromancy, because that's actually, I wasn't clear on it, because Marcus was like, I want to do an episode of necromancy. Why? And I was like, okay, well, what technically is necromancy? And it's interesting. The idea is that you use... Uh, like normal normal magic, a normal normal black ritual, black magic rituals. What you do is you create like a magic circle, and you sure. use sigils, and you try to basically put your will upon the universe, or possibly join your will to the universe's mm-hmm. will. Blah blah blah. You try and, to get Jenny to love you in math class. Absolutely. You try to, you try to sure. get out of like you know whatever court trouble you're in. Sure. Maybe um, if I just yeah, if I make a sigil and I put a bunch of Budweiser on there, maybe my DUI will go away. You never yes. know. Yeah, and absolutely. And just something when you but we find out the only way to make a DUI go away is you just gotta you're a walker now. Yep. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're a walker. You're a bit of a jogger. Mm-hmm. Um I 
so, but necromancy is is a type of magic where you basically use spirits and you ask spirits to either give you powers or do shit for you. Yeah. yeah. But the problem is, is that the reason why necromancy is so dangerous is because in order to do it, basically you have to die. What they say is that right. necromancers use all this magic. They go to the realm of the dead. They fish up some ghosts, just like yeah, no, yeah. no, they got a bat. Got a big one. Got a big one. And they pull them onto the boat, but the problem is is getting rid of them because they use our energy to feed on themselves. And this is all, again, saying if this is real. So, and of course, for the (laughs) sake of this podcast, it is. Uh, So you fish out a ghost, but unlike fishing out a fish, the ghost eats you. You don't eat the fish. You eat it, but hopefully while it's eating you, you're getting other shit from it. So really, being a spirit, being a specter, being a ghost is exhausting. You're yeah. Just oh, constantly yeah, you're being just summoned. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 hassled. Yeah. yeah. Well, well another uh, some of the other reasons for uh, divining the dead, for summoning the dead, is to possibly ask them about future events. How would they uh, know anything about future events? Because the dead possess knowledge that we do not possess. Oh, but see. then we'll also find out that, like aliens, sometimes the dead lie. And then, winner, where the fuck are you then? Wow. <laughs> How much money you spent on black candles? You had to go down to the smelting house and get yourself mm. a crooked dagger. Get Any idea how much that cost? On eBay, <laughs> it's a crooked daggers are going for f- five ninety nine and upwards of eight ninety nine. You can't even believe it. <laughs> Unbelievable, just wasting all this money just to have a ghost show up and be like, "I think Hillary Clinton's gonna fart next week." And you're like, "Thanks, <laughs> Demetrius from fucking level nine. Demetrius the lying ghost. Well, early necromancy was related to most likely evolved from shamanism, uh, which that is uh, calling upon the spirits of ancestors. Classic. Necromancers address the dead in quote a mixture of high pitched squeaking and low droning, and I do have Bible evidence for this. This is okay. from and there's nothing more reliable than the Bible. Oh, absolutely. And the Bible mentions necromancers. Uh, I think about fourteen or fifteen times by name. Necromancer. My wow. grandfather also used to call fucking David Copperfield a necromancer. <laughs> and you know, uh, to this point, your grandfather has yet not to be proven wrong. But I feel like necromancy. Yeah, you can call anybody. A necromancer. I think sure. that's going to be a good new insult to be like, I get out of here, you goddamn necromancer. This is from the Bible, Isaiah eight nineteen. And when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? The answer is no. Mm. And this is before, you know, nowadays we have a very high uh, standards of embalming and things like that. But back in the day, these people were just really having sex with rotten corpses. Oh, absolutely. Like, pretty much immediately. Well, we're going to cover, right now, they weren't even having sex with the corpses. This okay. is this is, a, this is the time before having sex with the corpses. This is a spiritual connection they have with the... Yeah, they would just yell at a dead body. <laughs> right. <laughs> just yelling and waving a wand over just a body sitting right. in a pile of sand. High-pitched squeaking and low droning. It's what? legitimately sitting and going, eek. Do we got a mouse? (laughs) It's so weird. This fucking body's not giving me the safe numbers to the Bank of America. It's insane. I guess the heist is canceled. You should never get a necromancer to be the lead of our heist team. I want Debbie to marry me. Let me first. Let me conjure up a spirit. Oh, 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 well. During the process of my necromancing, I seem to have 
Sharted my rope. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say live, lived a life of loneliness. One of the two. As we said earlier, is that it is very dangerous. And if you go on the internet looking for information Ugh. on necromancy, most of them tell you do not do it. It is the most dangerous black art that you can do. But if you do, do not do it, or happen to be curious, uh-huh. yeah. there are several YouTube channels that will give yes. you very thorough discuss, like a very thorough instructions. Yeah. I was utterly confused. And I was, these people are intense with their necromancy. Well, let me alleviate that confusion, Ben, for Thank I you. found user named Old Timers on the Occult Corpus message board. <laughs> this is what they said. They said, if you want to do necromancy, here's what you need to do. You want a word to look up, <laughs> you start with catabasis. Uh-huh. It's high necromancy. <laughs> and if you do it, you talk to the veil. Of course. Learn to control karma key. Learn the crown of fire. Meditation invocation. So you can turn it into the death shroud. So you know, so those you, you can learn in the afterlife. And I'm a key user. I'm not a ritualist. I don't use robes or salt or anything like that. I only have like three weapons forged or reworked to harm and kill shades and provide basic protections. And the keywords here are the Balaam, which is ja- Jaguar's Mayan. Raphael, psychopomp. Mm-hmm. Healer. Apillion. Death God. Got to get into him. Greek necromancy. That's that's the hardest form of necromancy to understand. And it's because it's legitimately all Greek to me. Milk and honey and water. The dead enjoy these. Find out why. So this was the guy at Thanksgiving where everyone pretends like they're going to go home. So he leaves and then they all come back. And he's and still, like, <laughs> and he cuts back to, basically, there's two sub-branches of okay, necromancy. Okay, well, that didn't Regular work out. He's still here. Okay, well, this, actually, uh. the, we're going to get back. Into, yeah, that's not him saying that. But yeah, user old-timer, remember, milk, honey, and water, the dead enjoy these. You find out why. Yeah. It's on you to find out. It's on you to find oh, out why. And I'll tell you why it is. It's because we have a sore throat. Oh, <laughs> because yes. Because Craig keeps breaking the <laughs> Morgan force fucking <laughs> the throat of all these corpses. What's the worst part of being a ghost? Getting your throat. <laughs> I think it's got to be when... When the orderlies come in and face rape me, oh, <laughs> I thought I was gonna be hanging out with Michael Jackson and, yeah. like, and dancing to harpsichord music by fucking Beethoven, but instead I keep getting mouth fucked. Yeah, you went to deep throat heaven, so that's not very good. You sound like Sasha Gray after a long day of work. So basically, there are two sub branches of necromancy. There's regular necromancy and necromancy light. <laughs> oh, I it's love only fifty ne- percent of the calories of oh, normal I necromancy. <laughs> Is in which you call up the spirit of the deceased, and then there's infernal necromancy, in which you return the deceased spirit to whatever is left of the body. So oh, one of them, one of them is simple. Let's say like mediums, you know, spirit mediums, and the other is going and physically digging up the corpse and right. returning the spirit to the bo- so body, the spirit, so you can have a conversation with it. And so the spirit it, just like says says goodbye to its ghost roommate. He's like, see you in a couple hours, and he just comes back, and he's just like, you wouldn't believe. What they did to me. I gotta tell you, man, it is rough being single as a ghost. That's why I gotta get married. I gotta I gotta find somebody special because I just can't handle the scene anymore. There's all these oh. guys with neck beards trying to rape me. <laughs> oh, and that is the worst. Um no, it's it, it's also uh it's very interesting. I also feel like there's a difference between like regular necromancy is like people that like who do like a CSA that gets delivered to their house, and infernal necromancy is like I'll make my own jelly. 
story. <laughs> yeah, right. You can just go buy some of the story, you know. No, I like to make it because it's hard and it takes hours to make the jelly. Mm, it, like people who make their own barbecue sauce. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, people with hours to spend doing nothing but pickling. Those are the people who <laughs> dig up all fucking corpse and try to shove a ghost back inside yeah, of it. Well, they're already good at pickling, might as well. Well, there are a lot of different motives for necromancy. Some people conjure spirits out of affection for a loved one that the sorcerer may miss. What is the difference here uh, as far as conjuring? What's the difference between like a seance and something with necromancy? There, it's, it is, that is a hazy line. Okay. Yeah, yeah, pretty hazy line. You could say that a seance is uh, the regular necromancy. Okay. Mm. Yeah. There's also people that want to uh, conjure up the spirits for arcane or secret knowledge that only the dead are said to possess. Yeah, like what a casket smells like. Yeah. <laughs> and what and what what heaven what their hors d'oeuvres in heaven. I hope it's mm, TGI Freddy double baked potatoes. Mm. <laughs> Say the most common reason, or at least way back in the day, is treasure hunting. Ooh. Because magicians believed that the dead, of course, had the secret knowledge that the living did not possess. Right. And they knew all of the secrets of, say, Spanish silver, but that's why uh, uh, we're going to who we're going to get to a man named E. A. Cading uh, runs a website called becomealivinggod.com, and he talks about uh, basically the eternal uh, the idea of just definition of being a god. You use necromancy in order to know all, be all, and see all. I would say the person who's trying to summon a ghost or summon a spirit for the for for uh, information on where silver is isn't educated enough to even out of all the questions in the world, you're just like where where is the silver at? Where is all the where them ducats at? Out of and all, all the takes, things to know. All it takes is Cousin Randy with a sheet over his head right. coming up being like, it's in your Cousin Randy's asshole. <laughs> right. you know, and it's like, hey, is that ghost pranking me? I mean, take a metal detector and go out to the beach and find it like everybody else who's a future millionaire. Uh, necromancy was most effective in the year following the subject's death. Yeah, it has at, to be within the first 12 months. Yeah, it has to be within the first 12 months. After that, reaching the spirit was either it's considered to be extremely difficult, if not impossible. And it said that these ceremonies could carry on for hours, days, sometimes weeks leading up to the eventual summoning of the spirit. Is that just because like they're waiting in line to get into heaven or hell and they're just like, <laughs> well, I got about a year to wait here. They I talk mean, why about does that. it take one year? Why, what's the uh, logic behind that? It is because it is another arbitrary rule right, okay. that old-timey <laughs> magicians do. It's I just see. to keep people, it's just like, well, you got about a year. You know, like you're just like, <laughs> yeah. they have to say that. Oh, yeah. Just to give it some sort of parameter. Right, right, yeah. right. So the preferred spots for necromancy were underground vaults hung Ooh. with black cloth and lit with torches or a forest glen where privacy could be expected. Of course. Cross yards also very popular as were ruined castles, abbeys, monasteries, churches, and of course graveyard. So anywhere God, like damn. Vincent Price was possibly a real estate agent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was like it's coming to the, it's where the cobwebs dwell. Okay. And it's, <laughs> I'm just looking for a nice two bedroom for my... This two bedroom in hell! <laughs> well, we're gonna get on the way. Closer, and, look, I have a bone staff. It's a bone! <laughs> Do you see my mortician's cap? Look, it's got a half bath. Uh -huh. That is lovely. It's especially good for one. Ooh, do you have a wife? Yes. Yeah, oh, this right. is especially good for couples. 
And then we have here. Oh, this is where I put my cauldron. Where you I know make, what? We're looking to rent. Oh, we're looking to rent. Well, so, yeah, we're not here to buy. So we're just going to go. Lovely I, to meet you. Here's my card. It's made out of flesh and blood of the necromancer. Start the car, Becky. So the best time for necromancy, naturally, is between midnight and 1 a.m. Yes. yes. The witching hour. The witching hour. A full moon is acceptable, yeah. but the ideal conditions if were dark. If you want to be gay about it. If you want to be super gay about it. <laughs> The full moon yeah. was acceptable, but the ideal conditions were dark and stormy nights, as spirits have trouble showing themselves in good weather. Yeah, this is so... There used to be an abandoned uh, house in the middle of the woods in uh, Wisconsin where I grew up, and we used to go do very similar uh, uh, Ouija board things like that. What I'm saying is, if you are in high school right now, go do these things in the woods, because this is the last time in your life where you're allowed to do it, uh, where people won't judge you really, really harshly. Yeah, no, because if we as 30-year-old men go out and do no, it now, can't, can't yeah, do it. that means we are confirmed. Loners. Yes, and we got to have sweatpants, and they come with like pre-stained jizz on them. I feel like at the same time, it could be a good group date with a bunch of people. Maybe we go out. Maybe we'll even propose that. All you come yeah. up, come to New York. We'll last podcast mm-hmm. and left. We'll go out to a graveyard in Long Island, and we'll just we'll have some beers, we'll listen to some tunes. You know, maybe we'll dance a little bit. Maybe I'll we'll, disrespect a tombstone. That thing's not going to come back and do nothing even to me. Matter. It's, it's barely. Not, it's barely a thing. Whatever, bro. Whatever. And you know, there's some single people here. People here uh, talking to you right now from last podcast on the left. So, ladies. Come to the graveyard. Graveyard party, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Graveyard. I really hope it's not just men, you know? <laughs> this has got to be a bunch of chicks, man. <laughs> so cool. Cool. Yay, nice. So as far as the process goes, and you two are going to need to know this process if you're going to carry out this little field trip. Yes. In the nine days leading up to the ritual, the necromancer and his assistants are required to bring themselves as close to the Shroud of Death as they possibly can come. They should wear uh. faded and worn clothes stolen from corpses. And <laughs> I'm six foot seven. Well, find when a was six the, foot seven. Where are we're gonna have to go to a freak show fucking graveyard <laughs> <Yeah>. outside of some <laughs> some weird Florida trailer park town? <laughs> it's terrible. And you're also required to recite funeral rites as you put them on for the first time. And you are not allowed to remove those that clothing until after the ritual. And here's where you're gonna hit your snag. You're not allowed to even look at a woman for the nine days leading up. So you're just saying this is automatically assumed that you would have to be a fucking neck-bearded geek breath (laughs) to even do this. And by the way, all this information, this is from grimoires from the Middle Ages. So it was definitely, it's always been a male-dominated field necromancy. What's a good good definition of a grimoire for people maybe who are (laughs) laymen? Well, I would say a good definition of a grimoire would be... Is it a spellbook? (laughs) Yeah, spellbook. A magical, a, a text uh, that has magical spells, rules, right. bindings, things like that. Uh, the so you got to wear a corpses suit for nine days. Nine and days. Not look at women. Not look at women, and you can't have any salt. Because Ooh, salt, that's tough. Yeah, that's no what's hard. salt. Yeah, you can eat no meat but dog meat. What in the <laughs> world is happening? <laughs> <laughs> for dogs are the creatures of Hecate, the goddess of ghosts and death. To be honest, I think I may have sat next to this guy on the subway <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> we all have, yeah. The only acceptable reason to interrupt a podcast? Your dog. <coughs> that was your dog saying thank you for BarkBox. You can take a minute now. You bet your dog. But you're going to learn about Bark. To the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Yay! Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Rawr, rawr. 
No, Wendy, I can't get you a whip. You're too cute for weapons. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Mmm, tubers. My dogs love their toys selectively. But BarkBox sends good little ones for their little tiny mouths. They have little mouths, but strong, big spirits. So they fight over the little toys. I imagine they think that they are hunting and going after little bugs and rats and oh they love their life and they love the they love what bark box brings because bark box brings the bark and puts it in a box yep to get your free upgrade go to barkbox.com slash l-e-f-t my sister is the best gift giver i've ever met of any person it's jackie zabrowski she shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And in a perversion of the Holy Communion, you can only eat black unleavened bread, mm. and the only drink you're allowed to have is the unfermented juice of the grape. 
Grape juice. Oh, just grape juice. Yeah, grape juice is actually pretty good. Which is actually kind of risky because it's so hard to get out. It stains so thoroughly. Right. So you don't want to spill it on that corpse's suit you just dug up from the corpse that died about 19 months ago. Do not get a white suit from the corpse. If you open up the grave and he's wearing a white suit, you move to the next grave. If it's a white suit, you'll end up seeing all the smegma on it. I love it. (laughs) This is also sort of like the original thrift store. Just old-timey medieval medieval cemeteries. Yeah, Yeah. this is thrifting. It is thrifting. (laughs) Well, the aim of all this is to form a sympathetic bond with the deceased. Because the it's kind of like the dead. Well, so you bond. strip it of its clothes, and then you're supposed to be sympathetic with the with the corpse well, that you took. That you like, it's it's no, like going the, the Sympathetic is a different. Uh, sympathetic means something different. Psych- it this. means it's psychically sympathetic, which I means see, yeah. basically you set up a vibration in your own mind and in your in your fucking aura. Kissel, <laughs> <Okay>. stop smirking. <laughs> I know what you do is you have that fucking because t- then because the brains are like fucking tuning forks. This is how ghosts work, right? Is that we're like tuning forks. And mm-hmm. sometimes other energy vibrations match to our own vibration, and then you're connected. That's calling generating sympathy. How is being single going? It's been long. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, I <laughs> very thorough, <laughs> thoroughly single. And you know, um, I do, I do want to say right now. Uh, I know that we have a lot of listeners out there who practice ritualistic magic. Oh, we are not. Ma- we, no, we, we are definitely not. Ma- me and Henry both practice ritualistic magic. Yes, it's yeah. very fun. It's light. It's a, I do light ritualistic magic, Me but too. I definitely know I've created sigils. I've done mm-hmm. I've done all of that. I've I've done my own version. I've lit candles. I've, it works. Yeah, ritual magic works. You can manipulate your reality using purposeful will. And, but the problem yeah. is 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 this is just this is where it gets a little nerdy. Yeah. Oh, what right. did you say in the email? Powerfully nerdy. Powerfully, Powerfully nerdy. nerdy. Yeah, and yeah. But uh, it's good. Yeah, these things ground you back in reality, and they're sort of a. Um, they're, they're a nice restart for your week. Absolutely. Yeah. But you yeah. could be uh, a modern-day sorcerer <laughs> <laughs> without diddling a uh, dead body. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice to know. So let's get to the night of the ritual. The necromancer and his assistants... So if you'll notice, the necromancer always has assistants. The necromancer and his assistants, you enter the graveyard with torches. You draw a magical circle around the grave of the one that you would aim to disturb. You then set fire to a mixture of henbane, hemlock, saffron, aloes, wood, mandrake, and opium. I would love to see a press conference with all these guys apologizing for starting the next uh, wildfire in California. (laughs) (laughs) We did not know that it was going to be such dry brush out there. Now, this is where it gets fucking really heavy, man. Yeah, man. You exhume the corpse, and you lay the head of the corpse to the east with the limbs arranged in the crucifixion Crucifixion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mark of the beast. Heavy metal, bro. (laughs) And then next to the right hand, you place a small dish, which burns with a mixture of wine, mastic, and sweet oil. And you can take that corpse's hand and fucking put it in that while it's asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. That is funny. That is fun to do. The necromancer then touches the corpse with his magic wand three times. And where do you get the magic wand from? Amazon? A a wizard store. Oh, a wizard store. uh, uh, You get it from uh, the alley. To be honest, uh, no, you uh, you have to make your own wand. I have uh, V from Atlanta sometimes creates wands, and she does them very effectively. Okay. Have you gotten one yet? No, I didn't because you cannot ask for one. 
They have to just be given. You have to like find one or make one your own. I did not know That's that. That's how that goes. So it is magical. It it seems I'm like not going to do this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you that you touch the corpse with your wand 3 times and then you recite you recite a conjuration from your grimoire. Here's an example. By the virtue of the holy resurrection and the agonies of the damned, I conjure and command the spirit of... Insert your name here. Paul Rubin. <laughs> to answer my demands and obey the sacred ceremonies on pain of everlasting torment. Berald, Berald, Balbin, Gabe, Amor, Agamar. Arise, arise, I charge and command thee. And someone bring me my inhaler, because I am feeling asthmatic. <laughs> if I was a king, you're hired, dude. Yeah, oh, I would be a great fake wizard. Oh, I love that. Uh, there are some variations on uh, on necromancy. If the person commits had committed suicide, the sorcerer is required to touch the body Nine times. Oh, okay. Instead of just three. And you're also required to ask Hecate, who is the, you know, god of ghosts. The goal of cheap, me- the god of cheap Mexican beer. Ah. <laughs> Hecate. It's a rhyme. Hecate. <laughs> and you got to ask her where the soul uh, is located, because apparently suicides go to a different place. Yeah, they're in oh, the back. Oh, I see. They're in the back, like the size 38 jeans at fucking J. Crew. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> this is sad the way we pe- treat people who committed suicide post mortem. They obviously had a tough time on Earth. They should be, or do they go to a better place? No, they do not. No, absolutely. Uh, suicides not. always go to a worse place. Right. I mean, I always. know you got to discourage the act, but at least give them something nice. Yeah, you got to discourage it because if they went to a better place, then everybody'd be doing it. Well, I don't know, man. I just like watching basketball too much. <laughs> <laughs> that probably is keeping somebody alive. It is, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's keeping a lot of people alive. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Sad. So if the conjuration worked, the spirit will re-enter the body, stand up, and answer every question that the necromancer asks it. I don't really know the lottery numbers. <laughs> yeah, I think that maybe I'm the wrong one to have asked. The Mega Millions weren't alive or weren't around when I was alive. What is a lottery? <laughs> what is that? What, what is what dollars? What are dollars? <laughs> Please just let me. Just let me go back. I mean, I, mean, I was literally thing. just about to get Harriet Tubman to give me the old BJ down in my, oh, my sickety sack. I would love it. You have idea how hard a nut she was to crack? I'm sure she was. She was dealing with so much shit all the time, talking about, I'm just like, I can't trust you, you're a white man. And I was like, I'm different. I'm one of the good ones. Well, those things are going to, Harriet's going to have a long way to go before she can trust a white fellow. <laughs> That's for certain. And of course, when the interrogation is over, the sorcerer has to reward the spirit. So you reward the spirit by burning its body, ensuring that it will never be disturbed again. Cool. Yeah. I feel like these ghosts just have a lot of questions like, what's that thing with the lights and the wheels? Yeah. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah is that yeah, an, yeah. I, an iPhone? What's an iPhone? Ghosts would have a lot of questions about the world that we currently live in. Yeah. That's right. So let's go through necromancy throughout the ages. Norse wizards were said to be so skilled that they didn't even need to wait until the body was in the grave and could make hanged men still hanging from the gallows answer their questions about the afterlife. Seriously, those are like three different like Metallica album like titles. (laughs) Just in that one little paragraph. (laughs) Just the idea of necromantic Norse wizards fucking making hanging from the gallows. 
dancing, right. dancing from the grave. Yeah, hanged Absolutely. men still hanging. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah hanged men answering bullshit. <laughs> sounds like it. In medieval Spain, necromancy was taught almost matter-of-factly in Toledo, Seville, and Salamanca, oh. in deep, dark caverns beneath cemeteries and mausoleums. Also, the birthplace of the tapas. Oh, I love a good <laughs> tapas. Yeah. Now we mentioned the Bible a little bit earlier. One of the earliest stories of necromancy comes from the Bible. Samuel 29, King Saul, frightened by the enemy army of the Philistines, was advised to consult with the woman known as the Witch of Endor. Now, that's, <laughs> is that a Star Trek thing as well, or is that yeah. a Star Wars? St- Endor was Star Endor Wars. Endor was Star Wars. That's where the Ewoks live. Oh, The Witch cool. of Endor. That's yeah. So she was cool. just like a tiny fat woman all covered in hair? I think so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, typical Italian. So Saul went to the witch and summoned the prophet Samuel, who told him that he would die the next day, Ooh. which he did. Whoa. Don't talk to that ghost ever again. Here's another verse from Jesus. the Bible. This is from Leviticus 19.31. And remember, the same book of the Bible that tells us that being gay is a sin. Yeah, it was just, this is the Pat Robertson, this is the 700 Club Bible? Yes, yeah, this, is okay. the, yeah, this is Leviticus 19.31. Remember that. Do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out, and so make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. A man or a woman who is a medium or a necromancer shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. I felt really. I feel really bad for biblical era goths. Oh yeah, because <laughs> again, this is what a haunted community. They uh, ghost ghost and human marriage should be allowed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really right. Sure. Yeah. I think, think they should it. open that up. Think about it. Absolutely. You know what the problem's going to be is that ghost human divorce. Oh, yeah. that'll be Because that's why I say let them get married. I said let them get married because see how much of a punishment is in of itself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, exactly. It's well, my wife and kid died in that fire. Oh, that was <laughs> I really have been I thinking. I've, I've really just been going through a rough time. And when the corkscrew factory shut down, of it's really course. just been kind of rough. And it's it's yeah. really been pretty hard being out here being, you know, a Spider-Man in Times Square. But <laughs> well, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's good. And I think as long as we can hold to make sure these humans can't marry ghosts, I think that we're going to be okay. I agree. Yeah, the twist <laughs> off really ruined that corkscrew factory. Yeah. Well, uh, well, other uh, cultures, actually, they use necromancy as a means of seduction. Ooh. Yeah, in Gre- according to a Greco-Egyptian text, here's how you do that. First, the magician must make a wax doll and stick it with 13 needles through the eyes, ears, mouth, hands, feet, stomach, brain, anus, and genitals. Oh, mm. my. Crafts were different then. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Pinterest would have been quite, quite, uh, what's the term? Macabre. You macabre. <laughs> At sunset, the doll is then placed on the grave of the person of a person who had died either in great violence or early on in life. Ooh. This was done. Actually, this is what you want when you're trying to use the dead as a source of energy. You want someone who is killed violently or suddenly in an accident because or they young. don't know that they're dead right. a lot of the times and they're easily accessible. Well, not mm-hmm. only that, but they also have a lot more life force within them. Mm-hmm. Say somebody, organ energy. Organ energy. Exactly. So after summoning the corpse, the reanimated monster would march to the desired woman's door and bring her hither and bind her. And this is what he would say to her. Let her sleep with none other. Let her have no pleasurable intercourse with another man, save with me alone. Let her neither eat nor drink nor love nor be strong or well. Let her have no sleep. 
Except with me. <laughs> oh, my. I am Ben Kissel. Oh, well, hello, of Ancient Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> what a time it was for me. But it's also a, um, that's kind of like the, the ancient Jewish idea of the golem. Mm, as yeah. well, where you basically use the dead to, uh, I mean, in this case, it's be a matchmaker. <laughs> slash yeah. kidnapper. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah. So necromancers, they also played in the cadaver racket in ancient Egypt. Sorcerers would buy bodies from embalmers and keep them on hand for whenever they may be needed. You never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. You really never know. And in, in the Middle Ages, sorcerers would search grave sites for pieces of corpses, which were thought to have occult power. Like stinking so hard it makes all the people leave the room. Yeah, sorcerers <laughs> don't seem quite as like cool as they are now. They seem like, yeah, they're kind of like just like stinky can collectors. The big problem with sorcerers back in the day is that they didn't have Ed Hardy shirts oh. to really show everybody how fucking metal they were. That's true, and they didn't have a reality show either. No, no. they didn't have albino contacts that they could put in. Ooh, those are cool. They are pretty dope. Yeah. Now, Paulus Grolandus, a 16th century witch judge, wrote... Some take a small piece of buried corpse, especially the corpse of anyone who has been hanged or otherwise suffered a shameful death. The nails or teeth, the hair, ears or eyes, sinews, bones or flesh. Yeah. And um, they make a chili out of them. Must be really difficult being a witch judge. Oh, well, not really. I usually just be like, she's a witch. She's a witch. And then a bunch of guys come and take her out of there. You know, it's actually it's pretty what, sweet. It's yeah. a pretty sweet deal. No idea what happens to him afterwards. No idea. I'm, I'm, <laughs> someone said they drowned him. I'm not really sure. I'm too yeah. busy inventing this thing called hockey. <laughs> what you do is, is that you get a guy set of nuts. Yeah. Some, some witch's nuts. And then you uh -huh. tie him up and then you hit him around with a crooked stick and a bunch of nets. And then um, it, I think it's going to be really great when it gets cold here in 15,000 years. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for that sport. However, most sat after, sought after was the flesh of unbaptized babies. Ooh. Isabel Gowdy, a Scottish witch, was said to have dug up a freshly buried infant. She buried, buried it in a farmer's manure pile Ooh. as a way of putting a curse on him and his crop. It's also a really good way <laughs> of uh, ruining a birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I think someone's putting dead babies in our shit pile again, Susan. I need you to leave my piles of shit alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, these are my special piles of shit. It's such a ludicrous <laughs> way to give revenge. I will put this dead baby in your pile of dung. <laughs> Don't think I will not. Necromancy was also sometimes used as a public spectacle. Ooh. In one magical content, contest, Roger Bacon, a Franciscan friar and a pretty famous guy in occult circles, and a man named Vandermast, Germany's most renowned sorcerer, faced oh, off during... He's also a, a karaoke DJ. <laughs> yes, to be right. <laughs> Fridays at Sing Song, Sing we got <laughs> Vandermast. <laughs> hey guys, don't even think about touching Rush, because... I'm the fucking yeah. Rush Master, all right? <laughs> you put that on, I'm going to shut you off, all right? I'm going to play you off. Well, those Today's Tom Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Love Rush. Well, those two faced off during a festival after Bacon burned a village to the ground using his magical burning glasses. <laughs> so he fell asleep <laughs> drunk fell asleep and drunk. sun hit his glasses just right. Huh? So Vandermas led off by conjuring the spirit of the general Pompey. But Bacon, very cleverly, summoned Caesar, who, in a repeat of their original battle, defeated Pompey. Unimpressed with Vandermas's Unimpressed with Vandermas' display, he turned the battle over to his friend, Friar Bungay. Now, this is the, <laughs> the problem with this thing is that in modern times, this is would also be known as a um, a set from the comedian. Uh, 
Oh, oh, Jeff Dunham. This would be a Jeff Dunham set. <laughs> yes. In real life. I, every, yeah. and he would because be very successful. These, success. are, these, these puppets. are puppets. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bungay waved his hand, uttered incantations, and conjured the tree of Hesperides, complete with a dragon. No, he didn't. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. must have been the town's gossip. I, these guys seem like unbelievably, uh, I just, they're, they're, I feel like they're, they're feet kick. You know, they just yeah. have like funny little feet kicks, <laughs> yes. and they're always dancing and but kind of Van floating around. Vandermast, in in in, in response, conjured Hercules to defeat the tree as he had in the story. Mm, but Bacon, unable to stand by as Bungay was losing the contest. Sorry, Bacon. <laughs> I just great. can't seem to make enough dragon tree. I, I, I just don't. Maybe I don't have enough juice. <laughs> it's like if Pokemon was real and it was to them. This is a good time to live. Dude, this I mean, is if you were great. a man and. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bacon waved his wand and stopped Hercules dead in his tracks. I made his pants fall down. <laughs> <laughs> he then commanded the mythical figure to carry Vandermast home to Germany, which he did, throwing the sorcerer over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> There's just one huge dude to be like, I'm not a mythical figure. I'm just the guy that you got to the hey biggest guys, guy in uh, town. So. You guys are like standing in front of like the only places that sell our general store and our butcher and like a bank, early form of bank that we have. I'm not really sure how to describe I mean, y'all just kind of like are getting in my way here, you know, mm-hmm. doing your fake magic battle. And uh, yes, I yes. swear to God, I'm about to invent a thing called a wedgie. Uh, I just thought about it, you know, because uh, people yes. got underwear now. And he has found about- a, he has found our weakness. We be going now. <laughs> <laughs> the wedgie is the only way that you can the destroy cruelest, it. The cruelest punishment of a necromancer is when a town constable comes and sticks your head in a in a in a trough used for the pigs and swirls your head around. I believe it is called a swirly. <laughs> Quite dreaded punishment of the necromancer. It's awful. It's a brutal one. So I know what you're asking. Hey guys, I really want to try out some necromancy, but I don't want to get my hands dirty. Absolutely. I don't want to go and dig up a corpse because you're a I'm pussy. A fucking well, pussy. Well, it's illegal to do. You're so, a pussy. Well, you go to prison. <laughs> if you for want it. to talk to fucking right. ghosts, you go to where the ghosts are. It's like having a date and you invite them to your house and you just think, ah, you're not sluts. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know I don't if know. that's like that, but yeah. <laughs> so the alternative that you have is a magic handbell hmm. invented by the necromancer Gerardius in 1730. Who also sounds like a pickup artist. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that he was. <laughs> the bell must be cast of an alloy of lead, tin, iron, copper, gold, silver, and mercury. So much smelting in these episodes. Yeah. So much, a lot, a lot of, of smelting. We've been talking about smelting for like five episodes. I these know. weren't easy things to make though, right? But then they realize it's just a bell, that's all it does, so they had to give a reason to continue making them. Yes. You go to the blacksmith. Yeah, you go right. to the blacksmith, the local smelter, and he'll take care of it for you. It's all yeah. a pitch. Right. It's how you yeah. pitch what the bell is for. Yeah. Exactly. These metals must be melded, quote, at the day and hour of the birth of the person who desires to be in confluence and harmony with the mysterious bell. Cool. Near the top of the bell, the necromancer must engrave the date of his birth and the names of the seven planetary spirits needed to make the incantation work. That's Eritron for Saturn, Bathor for Jupiter, Thalig for Mars, Auk for the Sun, Hageth for Venus, Ophiel for Mercury, and 
and fuel for the moon. It's a mm. lot. Yeah, a lot yeah. of grave there. And again, beautiful gift for someone you're searching for a, a, a mysterious gift for, preferably someone you just kind of vaguely know at the office. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is a real good secret Santa gift. Yeah. Right, and then just go into great detail about what it means and why you guys should go out sometime. Go out to Chipotle. <laughs> you know. Take your time. You know what I mean? Don't get the bill for a long time. No. Yeah. So beneath those names and around the bottom of the bell, the sorcerer was to write the ancient Hebrew formula, the Tetragrammaton. This is oh, all in yeah. one bell? This is all, uh, it's got to be a pretty big bell. Big yeah, bell. Or you got to write real small. No, yeah. no, you can't take down bell. I ain't seen, I've seen these necromancer <laughs> bells before. Yeah. We're really going to need, it's all 10, 10 to 12 gallon bell. So, 10 to 12 gallon? Yeah, we wow. got, we're going to get in there, got the smelters fired <laughs> up. Don't you worry about it. We got you covered, buddy. We're going to get that in a solid nine or nine uh, days to get you to pump out oh, one of these not- necromancer bells. That is not a bad deal at all. Well, it does need to be a bell that is small enough to uh, require a handle, because on the right. handle, you have to write the word Adonai on one side and Jesus on the other. Well, you know what? I'm giving you 100 bucks. To, why don't you just do all this for me? <laughs> Can you do that for me? But once the bell was constructed, the sorcerer was to wrap the bell in green taffeta and take it to the cemetery where he would bury it for one week. Huh. The idea was that the bell was to absorb the neighboring corpse's emanations and confluent vibrations, which would give it the, quote, perpetual quality and efficiency requi- requisite when you shall ring it for your end. Oh, yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. It's like marinating a lamb chop. Would you want as a <laughs> yeah. solid hour? Would you want as a four-hour marinate sure, on it? in a marinade. But what but you not- have to have is, is, uh, is an hour. At yeah. least one hour. But yeah. what you really need, what right. you need for the magic bell is one week. Mm. After a week, the necromancer, dressed in ceremonial clothing resembling a toga... Now, where would, did I put that? Where did I put that bell? Oh, where did I, shit. God damn it. God, <laughs> I knew I should have brought my iPhone. Should take a, a picture. It's like right. walking your car on an unfamiliar mm-hmm. street. Mm-hmm. You take a picture mm-hmm. where you're parked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, he would hold the bell in his left hand and a parchment with the signs of the seven planets in the right. The deceased would hear the sympathetic ringing and be compelled to come forth and answer the summons. I'll tell you what, man. I'm no ghost. Don't fucking, nobody's going to be ringing a bell for me like I'm some kind of fucking ghost butler. I'd be no. like, no, 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 no. You make an appointment and you come find me. Mm-hmm. Tell me, ring a bell like I'm just gonna fucking hop to it. Fuck you, man. That's right. That's <laughs> Gmail me. That's what I always say. Shoot me a Gmail. So we've been talking about some pretty yes. heavy stuff here. We yeah. have. And talking about some super heavy stuff. Super intense stuff. But before we get to the really heavy stuff, we're gonna take just a moment yes. to hear a word from our sponsor. Yes, indeed. Texas Pete is a sauce that allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor! By Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some chop. 
Texas Pete sriracha sauce. And I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs and a whole bunch of chai. And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hi! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. 
All right. Wasn't now, that exciting? That was that very was exciting. exciting. It was almost like we pre-recorded it earlier. Mm-hmm. What? And, w- and what a lucky sponsor they are. <laughs> right in the middle of our, necro- right, of our <laughs> whichever, necromancy episode. Whichever that sponsor was. <laughs> Freeloot.com. Be sure to visit freeloot.com slash left. Put in the code left. We've already done. We did it. All right. Moving on. Uh, moving on. So let's move on to this YouTuber named EA. Kating. Yes, mm-hmm. he runs a website called becomealivinggod.com, which is a bit confident. Right, <laughs> uh, I think so. But this is a series of, so again, these are modern necromancers. Right, become um, a living person outside of your mother's basement. That that's would what be a goal. Do. That should yes. be the goal. You should use some of these spells to maybe get a job outside of the Taco Bell. Again, Ooh. what I like about necromancy specifically is a lot of these guys are IT guys at your specific office right now. Actually, um, EA <laughs> actually EA Kading his day job is carpet cleaner. Carpet cleaner. And I would not trust <laughs> him. That is a very invasive job. Oh, I don't very, want him in like the house. every room of the house he will be in. And, all, and so EA Coding, Kading, is, uh, he is a self-proclaimed necromancer uh, with a group of guys, including well, who we'll hear from now. We want to show you. So the problem is that, again, necromancy is probably, how do you put it, the nerdiest of the magical sciences. It's Um, up there. And so this is kind of evidence of the kind of shit I've been listening to for the last two days. Uh, This is from a, what is this series called? The Most Evil Grimoire of Necromancy. Yes, on Become a Living God. Now, this is done by a guy um, who calls himself Timothy. So I would assume that's his real name. I Why would he make it make up Timothy? I don't know. Yeah, because the other ones are named like Arius and right. like Dark Sword and like Blood Angel and so stuff everyone like that. was they were sitting around a circle and they're like, "You get to come up with your own name. What do you want to be? I will be Scorsius. Okay, what do you want to be? I will be Dragon's Helm. And you? I'm t- t- Timothy. T- Timothy. Timothy. T- Timothy. Any name? Any name? Timothy. Timothy. Okay. I'm just afraid of getting confused. Okay, Tom is now going to be Timothy, everybody. <laughs> um, so let's uh, hear from Timothy his personal experiences in the world of necromancy. Not carpet cleaning? My path of necromancy. Oh, my God. Is that it is the darkest, most <laughs> baneful magic there is. There comes a certain point where <laughs> demonic. Ascent ends and necromantic descent begins. And while working through that, you're, you're inviting these rituals of death into you, into your body, into your life, in, in, into your loved one's lives. And it sparks insanity. It, 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 there, you know, there is a possibility of you even becoming ill. I myself have had my discs and my lower back deteriorate to the point. <laughs> Where they are no longer there. Yeah, and I, I don't don't think that that's his Mountain Dew addiction. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's nothing. This guy, it would take this guy an hour to read a tweet. How yeah. slow does he have to talk? I don't know. He could be half office chair. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're not really sure. Want to play some more from uh, from Timothy? Absolutely. This entire process that I was going through. I met a man named John in front of a coffee shop and received a formal initiation into the Order of the 13th Judgment, which ironically was simply an order devoted entirely to necromancy. And they are 100% behind me at this point, and they are one of the few orders that said, you know what, this information needs to be out there. 
while working with the Order of the Thirteenth Judgment, I discovered their secrets of Akasha Subterfuge and who Akasha Subterfuge really was, the Archangel of Death Magic. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Peeling back the disguises and the masks allowed me to dig further into this dark, baneful current. Mm. While all this okay. was happening, I had already received a voodoo initiation mm. into specifically Haitian Vodan. And cool. <laughs> while working with the Loa, not only were they willing to give me their dark secrets of necromancy and cool. of the dead, but they gave me permission mm-hmm. to allow those to be released oh, yeah, 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 released, 45 really. oh. minutes of this yeah. I wow. also say this, oh my god i'd also like That's to amazing. hear his boss hearing this be like ah oh, so uh i guess you maybe uh found that uh time uh, to be uh, uh get the secret uh, initiation into the the 13th order of necromancy when uh you're 15 minutes late for your shift at the dairy queen huh interesting <laughs> interesting 15 minutes late huh hmm? Like, that's going to be like a professional would do that. Uh-huh. Like a professional necromancer <laughs> would do that. I just want to see, like, you know, like Frank, the newest manager at Starbucks, and they're like, well, when you took on the responsibility of being a manager, that means you have to go kick the two nerds out of the parking lot, Frank. So, yes, you must be a manager. Do one more selection from Timothy. One more selection. Oh, more Timothy, please. Is a 200-page grimoire. This is him pitching the grimoire that he's selling. He also, wrote, did he, he write it? No, okay. he wrote this grimoire. Well, the, before we play it, he he wrote this grimoire. He's selling it. In the very beginning, okay. he's like, you will get um, proper initiation into the ultimate depths of the darkness of madness. And also, I'll show you a way to get a 50% discount code for the ebook of the grimoire. And it was basically oh him just God. like, sell. It's, two, it's $300. That is insane. I would yeah. love to see this, uh, hear this, like, uh, recorded. It would take, what do you, 24 hours for him to read this book? Maybe oh, Lord. Hours. Oh, Lord. All right. Let's hear The format of the book is a 200-page grimoire. It has extremely mind-altering, massive, (laughs) total life transformation rituals in it. Fuck yeah, cool. Uh, The lessons in and of themselves are pure, original documentation that I received from these spirits. Timothy, you're awesome. Thank you, man. I will have... Stories of both my insanity cool. and how I descended into essentially the underworld and came above a god. Is that why you're wearing a, a Creed shirt right now? <laughs> there will be new sigils that were never before seen, gateways, cool things to that nature, which the Western necromancer would love to be able to see. Yeah. But what I do is mm-hmm. I bring these in and I show the necromancer or the practitioner yep. how to use these sigils and gateways in their own life. Do you ever play Settlers of Catan? But also <laughs> how to get to the point to where they no longer need those. Cool. You're going to have some hardcover choices. copy of the book. We're going to have a real leather edition, which is going to include free ritual relics that were made by myself. Cool. And you're also going to have a beautiful... Beautiful fine cloth leather, edi- a fine cloth edition. 
Yeah, dude. And that's wow. the kind of shit that you want to leave out on the table for when dates come over. Exactly. <laughs> it's a great coffee table book if you never want to have uh, friends over for coffee. Um, yeah. So, I All right. So now we're that. going to blend the world of necromancy and necrophilia. Yes. Uh, this is, it, you, what we find out is it's actually a little bit of a slippery slope. <laughs> um, right, right. Well, that makes a lot of sense, though. You would want to up, and, up it uh, up a little bit. We're going to uh, take it away, Marcus. You found all this. This is what you spent your time creating. I listen to nerds d- d- live out D&D fantasies, and you um, listen to a lot of people talking about corpse fucking. A lot yeah. of people. Yeah. I, I listen to people talk about corpse fucking. I read about people <laughs> talking about corpse fucking. I went knee deep oh, into the world of I would corpse put this fucking. Way. Okay. This is the section Good. of the episode where if you accidentally pull the headphones out at work, you you will be fired. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> is, uh, yeah, that is, that is your warning for this portion of the show. Yes, uh, and this is an interview with a woman named uh, Leela Wendell. Uh, she is uh, the head of, I believe they're called the American Association uh, for the Acceptance of Necrophilia uh-huh. or something We're like bonafide. that. Bonafide. Yeah. We're bonafide. I'm so glad that they get tax-exempt status. That's great. I hope yeah. they do. That's really great. That's and great. Uh, this is her doing an interview on WBAB out there in Long Island. Uh, <laughs> she is from Long Island, and she is a very big believer in combining the worlds of necromancy and necrophilia. All right. And by the mm. way, she's doing this interview with a sex therapist and a BDSM enthusiast. Cool. Oh, wow. All right, let's listen up. Number one, there is no actual intercourse. Number one, let me get for this. For some necrophiles, there is? For some necrophiles, there is. Not for you? Not for me personally, because I believe it is a corruption of the dead. Okay. All right, what do you do once you're in the mausoleum? Well, have you ever been to a necromancy ceremony? Of course, that yeah. With any of you? Happily, I'm familiar with them, but I have not attended. All right. Well, the basic principle of necromancy is seducing the corpse in order that the spirit may come through it. The spirit of yes. death, if you will, may yes. come through it. That's basically yeah, what there I are metaphysical. Connections. Metaphysical. Yes. That's basically what I do. Oh, Could you okay. be more specific? <laughs> everything but intercourse, okay? Oh, everything do but. Do you touch the body? <laughs> yes. Do you caress the body? Yes. Do you oh. kiss the body? Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. I think I just answered it when I answered Mr. Moran's question. Say it slower. All right. She's like Sally Bartarski in high school. Does everything but the everything oh, but the pen. Typical. <laughs> typical Sally. I love the sound of that one man because you know he's obese. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, you have deeper. sex with her. Deeper and deeper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hear a little bit more from her. Which maybe they don't want either. Well, I believe on some occasions the bodies have responded to you, haven't they? Well, nobody, <laughs> nobody believes me when I say that. The body have responded to uh, Let me just re-identify. Me. WBAB, the queen of the necrophiles and the king of the sadomasochists. <laughs> Rick Moran and Rita Allen, John Connolly joining me tonight. Please, the bodies have responded to you. All right, we're, a place I used to work in. Leela, please. I worked with a man who was a psychic photographer, I guess you'd call him. He took pictures of all kinds of psychic phenomena. And uh, he used to have an observation window and he used to comment that the bodies used to respond to me being there which nobody ever believed but it is true they used to not just move because of muscle contractions but long after they've been dead sit up move look at me turn around follow me around so forth and so on all kinds of little maneuvers like that this is true this has actually happened there have been quite a few witnesses to it and whether you believe me or not i don't care because i don't care anymore it has happened and that's that 
Absolutely, because they find out that, oh, hey, you know when that Leela woman comes? She starts sucking everybody's dick? Right. Hey, got to get on that, Junior. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> How do you get so many blowjobs a week? I just pretend to be dead. Um, no, she's uh, she's mentally ill. Well, you uh, know, <laughs> or the co- the corpses are following her, and Everybody she's still knows going it. to this day. I mean, she's got web, so, she's got a website. You can go visit it. Right. She's definitely backed away on the necrophilia thing. Does not talk about that on her website quite as much. But she's got yeah. a lot of lovely paintings for sale. She sells mm-hmm. handmade lamps and her music and her music. Yeah. Absolutely, yep. She's so, got some wonderful music. And so now, all right. right. So basically, so necrophilia again, it's just sexual attraction. To Corpses. They do. They talk about here. There's genuine necrophilia and pseudo necrophilia, mm-hmm. right? Which is like genuine necrophilia means I suck on a fucking dead dude's cock all day long. Oh, sure. yeah. And a pseudo necrophilia is it's like I like when they're quiet. Yeah, um, I knew. I knew a pseudo necrophiliac. What do you he, mean? I don't get it. What's a pseudo necrophilia? He just likes a woman to lay there, like people who like that when you watch that porn that of like women asleep and shit like that. Yeah, it's just okay. a woman staying completely. She just would. He would ask women to stay completely and totally still. He would turn. The the air conditioning up in the room really high to make the body really cold Ugh, and he would ask them to uh, stay extremely still and some people actually ask their partners uh, to have an ice bath before they have sex. Uh, know, other than the ice bath that's pretty much exactly what David Letterman does to his studio audience. You know super, yeah, super, super cold. Oh is it really <laughs> cold, cold in there? It's super cold. Really? Letterman studios are supposed to be like 55 degrees. Yeah it's super cold. Wow. Um, but you found a thing here that you like to call uh, that you did you didn't even call. This. I didn't call. I found this uh, posted anonymously on a message board. That's so weird. It was anonymous. <laughs> yeah, um, it's called their- Necrophilia: A Beginner's Guide. Mm-hmm, yep. Right. Now, so, what is this? So, this is for the layman who want to get into being necrophilia. This is for someone who wants to get into the business of fucking dead bodies. Ah, uh, right. so there's a lot of money in that. <laughs> yeah, I remember like for typing, it was always Mavis Beacon. She oh, was good. I was for great be- at Mavis, Mavis Beacon. Mavis Beacon typing was great. So this is sort of the Mavis Beacon. <laughs> But for necrophiliacs. So necrophiliacs, they prefer to go about their business alone. Weird. Sharing is not a part of this alternative yeah. lifestyle, as the corpse usually wears out fairly quickly. Yeah, you can't everybody uh, hopping on pop all day long. Yeah. yeah wears yeah, yeah. out. It does not wear out. It is aggressively mutilated and yeah. torn to pieces. Well, that's not to say that the occasional orgy involving four or five necrophiliacs and about a dozen or so corpses doesn't occur. It only happens uh-huh. on somebody's birthday. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So here's how you find a partner. Finding a partner for your necrophiliac activities is definitely the hardest part. Yeah, it's like Uh, trying to get beer when you're 15. Yeah, 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 exactly. You not only have to gain access to the corpse, but you got to find one that suits your specific Oh, yeah, because it can't just be, you can't just be a slut for any, if it's like, you know, the whole Uh. point is that you got to take a look at that corpse and be like, you know what, man, that dead old woman really makes me hard. Yeah, I feel (laughs) terrible for the corpse. Any corpse should do. To still be fat shamed? You you could be dead dead and still be fat shamed? I'm still not good enough for you. You You're a necrophilia. I fuck corpses. Corpses, but no fatties. No room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will get to some necrophiliacs later who have that exact same opinion. Unbelievable. But back to finding a partner. If you have access to a morgue, that is absolutely your best bet. And in fact, oh, most yeah. necrophiliacs are a part of the funeral industry. Oh, God. The sentence. Cemeteries are a bit harder to deal with as finding a screwable corpse is harder to do. That's a direct quote. However, Scrubble. if you know how to interpret signs, this shouldn't be a problem. If a grave consists of a mound of fresh dirt and is covered with flowers. Chances are that the stiff hasn't been lying there for too long. Yep. Rotten flowers on the mound usually hint to the state of the corpse. Some people are exclusively into quote-unquote 
Porkin the Bone. <laughs> sex with skeletons. Sex with skeletons. Skull the fucking. The pain alone. It'd be, it'd be like having person. sex with uh, Akira Knightley. Yeah. <laughs> so scary. A typical yeah. Hollywood woman. Yeah. If this is the case, you can dig up pretty much any grave you want and yeah. hope that the uh, the inhabitant hasn't yet disintegrated into dust. Or you can just buy a bunch of chicken and take all the meat off the bones sure. and just fuck those bones. Yeah, it's you not can, the same. I don't know. Well, you can just buy a cadaver I and bury it and then... You I can't guess. really... You can't buy a no, cadaver. No, you can buy bones. You can buy a skeleton. Yeah, you can buy a skeleton yeah also, but still it's but it's all about the fuck it's all about the digging because some people like an element of danger how do you oh, yeah, know that's you- what it says here try to scope out a fairly secluded cemetery for your passions unless you like a sense of danger to go along with the set for your passions mm. it Ugh. sounds like a book that fabio was on the cover of in 98 but it's totally different so now let's talk about preparation depending on pe- upon where you are at this point you're either gonna have a little work to do or a lot of work to do. The person in the mm. morgue will obviously have to do little more than just open up a locker, pull the corpse out, and bang away. If you're sure. one of the cemetery people, you'll have a lot more work to do. An experienced necrophilac is always equipped with the bare essentials. A shovel, of course. Vaseline, and a box of rubbers. Yeah. I, protection? Are All they worried of, about getting it pregnant? Oh, the say, necrophiliacs stress using condoms. That's Every great. I'm one. so happy that they're all about condom safe use. sex. Gotta use safe sex when having sex with somebody's dead family member. Mm. Well, Vaseline is used to loosen up the corpse a little bit. That makes it less likely for a body part to break off while you're having fun. And it also prevents, quote, your dick from becoming too irritated while screwing the dried out pussy. The box of condoms used to play it safe. No necrophilac shouldn't be without it. You never know which STDs your partner had during his or her lifetime and believe me, it doesn't get any better after the person dies. Sure that don't. is disgusting. This is all word for, I just feel like the word for word yeah. nature of this is perfect. It, yeah. He reminds me, this, who is, who are you taking these words from? An anonymous poster it, okay, on, this on is, the internet. Yeah. Uh, and do, it, he, he, I have the feeling, that the same feeling when you guys read these words as I did during the Toy Box Killer episode. Yeah. Where I'm just like, ugh. Like Some every, people are getting hard, though. Yeah. He, no one, none of our listeners are getting hard right <laughs> I now. I hope not. You can put on more than one rubber for extra protection if it is warranted, but screwing a corpse without protection is just plain stupid unless you want to be the next date for a necrophilia. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in a cemetery, try to drag the corpse out of the grave and behind a bush or to another secluded place. Pumping away in a grave may seem more convenient, but it's a severe disadvantage to you if you need to take off in a hurry. Sometimes the and corpse... And you will. <laughs> you will. You definitely have to take off in a hurry. Sometimes the corpse is too fragile to be moved. In Emotionally. That... <laughs> right. <laughs> why? 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 In that case, make it fast or just break off the head, hand, or lower torso and take it with you for added convenience. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, like it's a piece of string cheese. Oh, yeah. yeah. exactly. You Corpses never... can be recycled if treated properly. Properly. If you're a proficient embalmer, you can keep a corpse for over five years if it has been properly embalmed. That's true. That's free sex whenever you want it. You naturally don't now want to be too rough with an embalmed corpse because they are more fragile. And that's the beginner's guide to necrophilia. <laughs> the beginner's, the hey, middle, the and beginner. the end guide, right? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much all no, of it, ex- isn't it? Experienced necrophiliac guide is like how to fuck them in MSG, how to fuck them <laughs> in a rowboat, like all sorts of specialty areas. You know, we've right, covered right. a lot of necrophiliacs here on the show. We've covered a lot of really famous necrophiliacs. Oh, we've covered God. Ted Bundy. We've covered uh, Jay Doms. Yeah, thing, we're going to be covering Edmund Kemper here right. in the future. Can't Who wait. fucked his mother's head like it was a blowjob. 
job machine. Yes, yeah. that's, that's all true. Yeah, he did. But let's get to some of the regular Joe necrophiliacs. Yeah. The day-to-day right. necrophiliacs. The civilians, the laymen, the people, the little people. The people that do it for the love of the game. I just love that that guy was anonymous, though, because anonymous also takes down large corporations. They take down corrupt governments, and they I assume they meet certain places. And everyone they gets also together. teach you how to fuck a corpse. And they also teach you how to well, sex with a corpse. It's not capital A anonymous. Oh, okay. It's just an anonymous source. He's not the guy Fox mask. Uh, oh, he probably I mean, I'm is. Sure, there are definitely I, yeah, some guys. Know. There are definitely some guys on B that fuck corpses, without a doubt. Okay, we know this. In fact, I think there was photographic evidence once I'm of a sure. guy fucking a corpse after he had killed it. Hey, you uh, know, it takes a village. I don't even know if that sentence is applicable. <laughs> yeah, to this. yeah. They, when yes, in Rome, yes, they do <laughs> kill people and fuck their corpses, but they also take down Scientology. Yeah. Okay, so anonymous is okay with us. Let's uh, go with that. Let's uh, talk about this woman named Karen Greenlee. In 1979, she gained national notoriety when, working as a mortician's apprentice in Sacramento, California, she absconded with a hearse containing the body of a 33-year-old man disappearing for two days. Police found her over in the next county. She had OD'd on codeine and had (laughs) left behind a a four-and-a-half-page letter in the coffin confessing to necrophiliac encounters with somewhere between 20 and 40 dead young men. It read in part... Now these sound like these sound like cool fucking like heavy metal lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Why do I do it? Why? Why? Fear of love, relationships. Mm. No romance ever hurt like this. It's the pits. I'm a morgue rat. <laughs> this is my rat hole. Perhaps my grave. It's the pits refers to when you lose your job and then you lost your job by your boss punching his fist through your top hat. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's the pits. It's and then you pits. step outside and it starts raining. Yeah, That's yeah, the pits. Yeah. This is having sex with a corpse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, of okay. course. She was charged with illegally driving a hearse and interfering with a burial. What? As That's necrophilia it? was not a crime in California at the time. In the 70s? It is yep. now a felony. But here's an interesting fact that I look up. Only 28 states have laws against necrophilia, and there is wow. no federal statute barring necrophilia. I, that is a true shocker. Age is just a number. <laughs> well, I mean, at some That's point, another, the number is zero because it's a corpse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for stealing the body and the hearse, Karen got 11 days in jail, a $255 fine, and two years probation. There's people serving life for stealing Snickers for three times. Well, this yeah. is 1979. This is before three strikes. Oh, my God. The mother of the dead man, however, sued her for mental anguish, asking for a million bucks. She did get a settlement of $117,000. Five years later, Karen gave a what I could only call a surprisingly jovial interview to a guy named Jim Morton. Uh, I found this in a book I got called Apocalypse Culture, which is a, a fucking yes, a love great, that book, love that book. It's the second edition. Be sure to get the second edition because it's got some extra bonus material. But here's a couple of the things that she revealed. There's no penetration involved. She receives her pleasure from clitoral stimulation, okay. specifically 69. And I saw that. I didn't. Yeah, I saw that again and again. A a lot of 69 with the female necrophilia. So there's a corpse just be like, uh, ma'am, can you get your bush off? Can you get your bush off? It's so off hard my, to concentrate uh, on the blowjob uh, while you're sitting on my face. Uh, is the man uh, is the man hard or no? No, there's no, 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 no. way, right? Because well, the I dick did, just falls off. Pretty I have quick, well, it? I have read uh, a story from a necrophilia. I've told a couple of necrophilia stories on previous episodes. Hmm. Uh, I've got this book called <laughs> Cemetery Stories. This is fucking. It's fantastic. It's mostly about cemeteries, the bodies, and cemetery culture. The bodies. 
these are fairly stiff from rigor mortis anyway, so you can kind of angle the dick up. Now, here's what you do. is uh, There is a uh, hydraulic pump that you can insert into the penis to make the penis erect. Cool. And you can rock back and forth on the erect penis that has been made erect uh, by yeah. hydraulic pumps. Yeah. I think I that's like why the-, the hydraulic pump was invented. It wasn't to make the great highway system that we have now. No. It was to fill up corpses' dick so weird people can ride them all night. Uh, you <laughs> know what I'd also say? It's, I love the tiny pain smirk on your face as the details go. Like, Ben has a perfect look on his face yeah. Yeah. as we talk about it. It's like a, it's a, almost like forcing back vomit, but it's also a smile. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is. Uh, it well, is, you uh, hear this when she yeah. finds the odor of death to be extremely erotic. She said, now, now you, you get... Now you get your body that's been floating in a bay for two weeks or a burn victim. That doesn't attract me much. Oh, I don't know. It's like that Faith Hill. Is it Faith Hill that don't... Uh, that don't impress yeah, me. Do well, well, oh, a body, well, float, well. a body floating in the in the bog. That don't impress me much. She's also attracted to the blood as the body tends uh. to purge blood out of its mouth when disturbed in such a way. Yeah, especially in uh, the uh, kind, especially in the sex when they blow up the cock, uh, That the rocking back and forth, especially especially after being embalmed, causes the mouth to purge blood, embalming mm. fluid, bile, right. yeah. all kinds of shit. Yeah, so, and that tends to froth out and qu- sure. yeah, quite disgusting. I mean, this embalming fluid has to be dangerous for the body, right? I mean, Well, if that you gets can in- smoke embalming fluid, you know, you can oh, okay. do all sorts of things with embalming fluid, but Texas what is... did weird shit to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Well, the blood, however, that was the main reason why she stopped. The year this interview was 1984, Right when the AIDS scare started to, oh. to become uh, so, a national thing, so she stopped because the uh, ma- the pretty much the age of the men that she preferred, men in their early to mid twenties, those were the guys that were all dying from AIDS. Right, so right, that's right. why she stopped doing it. Well, well I mean, right. this is this is one of that's the collateral damage of AIDS that no one's talking about. Yeah, the yeah. necrophiliac. Necrophiliac. Yeah, it really um, did a hit on the community. She would regularly attend the funerals of men she had had necrophilic relationship with. She said, "I I would get to mourn right along with the family at the loss of that loved one." Except I was groaning in a little different tone. So she was coming at the funeral. Yeah, yeah, she was coming at the funeral. The mother of the victim she was caught with had her son's body exhumed, saying she wouldn't bury her cat in that cemetery. Karen attended the exhumation from afar and watched the whole thing. If you're the kid, though, you're like, Mom, just leave me alone. Leave us alone, alone. Mom. She liked me, Mom. Um, She enjoyed embalming everyone except for the obese, Mm -hmm. especially if they've been autopsied. Their guts would slide out on the floor, and then all this melty fat. Yuck. Yuck. The autopsy, like, what did they get an autopsy? Like, the autopsy dude is just like, yeah, they're fat. Fat got him. The fat did it. Yeah, fat did it. Okay, sew him back up. Here's an interesting uh, coincidence. The second funeral home she worked for also got the bodies of another famous necrophiliac, the bodies of the victims of Richard Chase, the Sacramento vampire. Oh, oh, did she wow. have sex with the uh, Mr. Chase? It was before she worked there. Yeah, and oh. one was a mutilated baby, and the other one was a pregnant woman, and stuff like that. So, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, huh. <laughs> yep. Huh. She's she said that she had been caught before one funeral home, and she said this happens quite a bit. The funeral homes just chase them off. They just kind of shoo them away because they don't want to report it. Well, I mean, it's very similar. To th- what the pedophiles were to the Catholic Church, the necrophiliacs are to the funeral home it's business. It's bad for business. Oh, it's, it's got to be bad. Super bad unless for you, business. Unless you advertise. It's Dr. Fucker's <laughs> mortuary. This story that she did, this story she's telling right here. One mortician I work with used to like to take
take a trocar, a large hollow needle used to suction fluids from corpses, and push it up inside any male cadaver's dick. He'd say, oh, look, this corpse has a boner. This guy was really weird. He looked like Larry from the Three Stooges. <laughs> and that was the weirdest thing about him. Yikes. Yeah. Wow. And after the court mandated therapy, she said, These people who are always trying to change me only help me get myself more in touch with my feelings. I used to go from the therapist's office to the funeral home. It didn't work, folks. I like how she did the porky pig ending to that whole thing as well. <laughs> Well, let's. Uh, we're running a little uh, short on time here, yeah. so uh, let's let's skip over Courtney Hines, the small, thin blonde. Uh, let's skip over to a real piece of shit. Now, this is probably one of the grosser things. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've that you've picked out for us to cover. Yeah, because yeah. really, up to this point, don't everyone's fucking been... say that was a very accusatory <laughs> tone, Henry. Well, no, that it's you've fine. picked out for us. To we cover. all take full responsibility for the show that we do. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, up to this point, they've been fairly juvenile. Uh, uh, you know, lighthearted about their, about their and, necrophilia. You know, and this woman, uh, Courtney Hines, you know, just to give a very quick thing is that she is extremely, she believes that she's being very respectful to the bodies. She believes yes. that she's giving them a gift, that she's giving them the gift of love and doesn't believe that she's doing anything wrong whatsoever. And that's something yeah. you see with these necrophiliacs is that none of them believe they're doing anything wrong. No, they're yes. jovial people, just... Yeah, amongst they're all just of us. they're very for matter, of fa- matter of fact about it. Like just like we would talk about having sex with our girlfriends, they talk about fucking corpses. Oh man, man, I yeah, dude, cause I was having sex with that other. I was having sex with a chick the other night, dude. Yeah, dude. Wow, weird. I was. Uh, yeah. Sounds hollow and not not like the truth. No, she was real. <laughs> it's weird. You're sweating and blinking a lot. <laughs> no, man, Have you seen the I, Jinx? No. You look like a guy from the Jinx. No, man. <laughs> so let's talk about this guy Rob, which is of course a pseudonym. I found uh, an old article in L.A. Weekly that interviewed a couple. of His real name is Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> this guy Rob, complete asshole, the highest order. He was arrogant. He was a bully. He was absolutely terrible to his wife and any other woman that he came into contact with rides the kind of guy that rides dirt bikes a lot a guy guy uh, a guy who has an extensive collection of like of of years and years of nugget magazine in a closet somewhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah just uh, treats women as disposable uh but this his whole fascination with necrophilia came as kind of a teenage lark his best friend's father owned a funeral home and the boys would finger the corpses while masturbating oh that's oh, normal sure, i mean yeah. I, I used to, I mean, I did baseball practice and we played with pogs and stuff like that, but I can see how kids would do that. Sure, yeah, it's different kind of kids, different groups of friends. So after he discovered women that would voluntarily have sex with him, he stopped that. Nice. But years later, he returned to his old habit. After he discovered women that would voluntarily have sex with him. Yeah, he was like 13, but then once he got to be like like 15 and uh, he started lying to women enough where they would fuck him. Yeah, but it's kind of just like, what were you doing before? It's kind of like how Columbus discovered Cuba. <laughs> right, where he came in and then just uh, killed all of the people that had uh, yeah. been gotten his way of discovering Cuba. Oh yeah. So after he discovered living women, uh, he stopped. But years later, he returned to his old habit because he had cheated on his wife after their second daughter was born uh-huh. and felt horrible guilt. He said, "I'd lie next to her at night, feeling guilty in my own home." I learn my values. I still think about it all the time, but I don't act on it. That's why I think in my heart that I'm doing the right thing. 
And he's talking about fucking corpses. Oh, yeah, he's okay. not doing the right thing. No, then. no, he's yeah. not. No, he's doing the wrong thing. So his old school friend from back in junior high was still in the embalming business. We're getting the gang back together. Yep. During a drunken, a drunken stroll down Minmory Lane, <laughs> uh, they went back to the funeral home, and the visits became a guy's night out ritual. And now Rob spends his Saturday nights with other morticians at the mortuary while they tell the wives that they're playing poker. It is kind of like they're playing poker. It's you can still call it poker. It is kind of like poker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's a problem is that you know, you're, you know your husband's lying to you and going out and fucking corpses when he says like, no, honey, no, I'm going to go out with uh, with the Bob and, and Steve tonight and we're going to play some poker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some poker. Pig-like noises. <laughs> yeah. Rob said he liked the camp camaraderie among morticians, said it's like a secret society. He said, A hell of a lot of people would be into this if they had easy private access to fresh bodies. No. I suspect half the people come in contact with corpses. Play with them. Absolutely inaccurate. They're hard not to take advantage of. Lying there passive. You can act out any fantasy with them. You have access to the most taboo places and notions. I love that he put the blame on them. Like, they're hard not to oh, take yeah, advantage yeah, of them. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. If they want it. They're if, they wanted at me, if they wanted me to not fuck their dead corpses, they'd be alive. Yeah, why did they die of, why did they die of cancer? Well, that's what he said. He said that necrosex hurts no one. I hate the way they do this, too, with the calling it necrosex and necroplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, these are Rob's terms. He said he's not cheating on his wife with another woman, and he isn't running the risk of falling in love. I dare say it's worse. Necro- I would argue <laughs> it it's is worse. worse. It yes. is worse. Necro play requires only one consultant adult. The dead are dead. It's no harm to them. It is safe, painless sex. I don't like this guy because he comes at it with the typical male mindset of just like just put it in and thump around with it. Like he has no necromancy with it. Dare I say romantic romance? No, 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 no. Because you would be frustrated because he'd be like, I've been going down in this corpse for like 45 minutes and I know I'm not getting anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We probe and talk up a stream. Maybe take up a different orifice each and really ham it up. If we're really hard up or had enough beers, we'll experiment with males too. We don't score every week, but it's always a hoot. It's like entering another world. You leave your worries behind. You feel free. Ah, That's like a different episode of Cheers they never talked about. (laughs) (laughs) And then asked if he would care if any of his relatives were violated. He said, I guess I'd mind if it were my mom, but we never touch old people. We're normal. That's what he said? Yeah. <laughs> Harold and Maude is like, he was like, that movie is disgusting. That is gross. I cannot believe that movie got made. And that is our episode on necromancy and wow. necrophilia. I haven't had this feeling in a long time. I, yeah, I'm right back in the toy box. Yeah. yeah. I'm right back. I'm waking really? up. Yeah, dude. That dude, That's creepy as hell. It's the it's Henry's voice is the same for the toy box killer as he is for Rod. You know what he did? And it kind of is. It, yeah. it, is that, it is that thing. It, it's, it's that, because it's the husky secret voice. Yeah. It's the disgusting, I want you to have sex with my German Shepherd voice or bang a corpse voice. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, everyone. Hey, man. Can I just say this? Uh, let's leave these corpses alone, huh? Leave the yeah. corpses alone. Leave them alone. Please uh, leave them alone. I know they're just lying there, and it's so sexy that they're just lying there. You can do whatever you want to them. But, hey, man, let's give them a break. 
Don't yeah, fuck him and also don't bother him. You know what? Just leave necromancy out of it. Don't ask him questions. It's they're, really, they're it's dead. really dangerous. Then it, but there's nothing wrong with a seance, though. Nothing Absolutely wrong with nothing not. wrong with a Because good that seance. is voluntary. That's right. They have to come to you. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, uh, I want to say um, Lisa, uh, Dave Willis's wife. Hey. I'm hey. glad you listened to the show. Hey, Lisa, Dave Willis, his wife. Hey. Um, and uh, man, hail Satan. Hail yeah. sweet, sweet Satan. Be sure to go to iTunes, rate and review, uh, and be sure to go get your last podcast on the left t-shirt at cavecomedyradio.com slash last podcast on the left. Uh, and if any of you out there uh, are listening on different platforms rather than iTunes or Stitcher, we moved our RSS over to SoundCloud, uh, and so you're going to need to go over there uh, to resubscribe. That's just a little bit of an update. Yeah. Thank you. And we're also, on Twitter. Yes, LP. we are. Yeah. yeah. LP. LP on the left is our Twitter handle. Yep. And Henry, Henry loves you. I'm at Ben Kissel. That's a he. Marcus is at, at Marcus Parks. Um, I'm going to say hail yourselves, everybody, for and being so amazing. Mm, you can put your clothes back on now if you're at the office. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Hail me, if you would. Thank you. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. 